Hi, I'm James Wedmore, host of the Mind Your Business podcast, and I've built an eight-figure year company selling digital products around my knowledge and expertise. In fact, this is what I've been doing in multiple niches for the past 15 years. And if you've ever wanted to do the same, or maybe you're trying, but you can't seem to get any traction, here's how I can help. As you can guess, you need an audience if you want to sell your stuff, right? But what if I told you that you don't need a big audience. You don't need millions of followers to get started. In fact, we see that it's with just your first 100 leads where you really start getting some momentum. I mean, think about it. Imagine that you're on the stage of a room filled with just 100 people in that audience right now. That's a lot of people. You don't think that a few of them would walk up to you after your talk and ask, hey, how can I keep working with you? Of course they would. And that's why I created your first 100 leads. It's a 14-video step-by-step training mini course that walks you through exactly how to get your first 100 leads fast. And the feedback and results from this free program have been amazing. Diane Shepard said, this is one of the best trainings I've ever taken. Jake Curry said, We have had 753 people sign up for this free training. Are you kidding me? Dan Netting said, I'm currently going through the first 100 leads training, and James, I gotta say, it's brilliant. This training is A to Z complete, and the best part is it's absolutely free. To register, simply click the link in the show notes of this episode. Thanks so much, and I'll see you there. Hey, and welcome to the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast. I'm Serena Shoup. I am a CPA and mom of three, and I'm running a virtual bookkeeping business mostly from my home. You're in the right place if you're a bookkeeper, accountant, or an accounting student, and you know that your purpose is bigger than sitting in a cubicle. If you're ready to learn some actionable tips and strategies to help you start and grow a bookkeeping or accounting business, I hope you stick around. Welcome back to the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast. Today, I have a really special guest. Her name is Jousey. She was actually one of the very first BBA students. Uh, And I wanted to bring her on to just help inspire you if you are kind of in the beginning stages of your business or thinking about starting a business, or even if you're thinking about growing. I think uh, Jousey's story is really going to inspire you today. So without further ado, uh, welcome Jousey. Can you kind of give us a background of, you know, your business and uh, how you started and all that good stuff. And then I'll just dive into asking you questions. Hello, and thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure being here with you. Um, I love you, by the way. I've been following you since you very started, since your very beginnings, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Um, I have uh, more than 10 years in the bookkeeping and HR um, industry. I love helping small uh, business owners, you know, understand their numbers and understand the, the process and procedures that come with opening a new business. So I like working with startups a lot. When I first started my business, I was trying to look for a mentor or someone that would have and check all the boxes, right? And tell me right off the gate where to start and what processes and programs to use and softwares, because I really didn't know a lot about that since I was working for a company for a very long time. So I didn't know about any of that until I met you, which is, you know, that was good. Um, So, yeah, I started uh, back in 2020, I want to say, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I found you and I bought your first course. And that helped me out a lot, introduce, you know, my tech stack, right? I put it all in place, started um, getting um, customers. We've grown um, quite a bit since I first started. I started with one customer right off the gate that I was doing on kind of on the side. And then uh, my practice has grown to over 20 customers. Wow. Right now. Yeah. Which is awesome. That's awesome. So with those 20 clients, are you serving them completely on your own or do you have help? I have help. I have one contract employee right now. Okay. And is your contractor like working full-time for you or more on a part-time basis? Um, more of a part-time basis and he doesn't have a business. Mm-hmm. He's just, he just wants to do be strict, you know, contractor employee, which mm-hmm. is very good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he didn't have a lot of experience coming in. So I kind of taught him, um, you know, everything he knows. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. So how have you found that experience? Like as your, um, I mean, cause we're kind of in a, a similar boat, like you started and got a contractor pretty early on in your business. So how has that been with like growing your business while also kind of mentoring a, um, a contractor and teaching them the ropes. Have you found that to be challenging? It has been challenging. Yes. Especially because he didn't know a lot. Um, he didn't have any background in accounting or bookkeeping Mm -hmm. or even new QuickBooks at all. And I use, um, strictly QuickBooks online and he didn't know anything about it. And I found that it takes me a lot of time to coach him and to teach him everything that he needs to know in order for all the, you know, everything to be up to date. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, that has taken quite a long time to to get him where he needs to be. Um, but it's also fulfilling to see, you know, now everything that he knows and all the things that he's doing by himself yeah. rather than me, you know, with him hands on all the time. Mm-hmm. So that, that has been pretty awesome. I, I never know how these conversations are going to go. So I'm really excited to dive into like this contractor slash employee. Um, realm to, to see like your take on, on how you came about, like finding, like, how did you find your contractor? Um, and then kind of what, what has been your process for, um, getting him up to speed and training? Yeah. So what I did early on, um, because I, I had good advice, right. From you <laughs> is I just recorded everything that I was doing. So I kind of have all my processes already pre-recorded. Awesome. It takes a very long time, but it's a must have. Yeah. So um, I posted in Upwork, you know, that I was looking for a contractor and I got a few leads here and there, but um, none of them seemed to feed the work environment that I was, you know, that we have. They didn't have um, the allotted hours per month mm-hmm. to work in, on, on the clients and things like that. So um, he's actually a friend of mine that I've worked with before in a previous job. Okay. So and yeah. that's how it, I think it. it's good. It's good to hear because this is, I think a question that a lot of people have, like they realize, okay, I know I need help. I know I need a contractor, but like, how do now I go about finding one? And I like that um, you kind of already, you've, you already had the rapport with them. And so you, you understood that like it's going to be a cultural fit 
and um, you've worked together before. So you understand their work style, even though you're teaching them a new skill, like, has that been helpful that you already had been working together? Oh, yes. Yeah. Very helpful because he knows how, how strict I am with my workflows mm-hmm. and how I like to have everything in order. And he understands that and he doesn't take it personally. And it's super awesome working with him. Yeah, very, that's very great. Good. So are you guys working virtually or in an office together? We are working virtually, mm-hmm. which was a challenge at the beginning for both of us. I think I really enjoy working with people and I miss having people around me. I really do (laughs) all the time. And I think for him, like we tried even for the first couple of weeks, he would come over or I would go over there to his house or anything and we would work together. But at the end we decided it wasn't good. So we just did everything virtually. Yeah. Was it helpful to have that face-to-face at the beginning though, as you were teaching? It was, it was very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good to get like different perspectives on that. I've, my whole team is virtual, so we haven't had the opportunity to really do much at all face-to-face other than on zoom. So I'm always curious about that. Cause I've, I've thought about trying to hire locally and like, think about like, what would that look like to be in an office together? It'd be kind of cool, but then the rest of the virtual team might feel left out. <laughs> yeah. So we're keeping it virtual for now. It's also more cost-effective, um, to not have to have an office space. So let's take it back to that the 20 clients that you now have in the span of almost two years, right? How did you find all those clients and are you serving a specific niche? Okay. So at the very beginning, I was in Upwork a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and um, four of my clients were from Upwork. One was the first one that I started with. And then the rest have been word of mouth. And just me giving out flyers and talking to people. And I have never been to a BNI group or um, networking event, anything mm-hmm. like that. Because I frankly don't have the time. <laughs> um, but I do talk to everyone about my business and I just let everyone know what I'm doing. And if they hear anything and if they want anything, I also have a PDF flyer, which I email to a bunch of people and a bunch of businesses. Mm-hmm. And that has helped. Oh, wow. Okay. So what's on that PDF? So on that PDF is, you know, my work history, the services that we provide, why should you work with us, Mm -hmm. um, our contact information, um, some reviews for some of our clients, and um, that's that's about it. That's awesome. So it's almost like a little miniature one-page website, but you're emailing it to people, right? Yes. So I'm emailing to people, and I also have it in Canva, so I can embed it anywhere I want. Oh, that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm ga- I'm gathering you have a lot of local clients or is it a mixture? Uh, it's a mixture, but most, most of my clients are local. Yes. Okay. And I do everything virtually, but I do visit them from time to time. Yeah. I like that. I like that option, honestly, especially if you're a people person <laughs> yes. and it helps just keep like the relationship strong with your clients if you are in the same town. So, um, that's awesome. And so are you serving a niche or is it mostly just like a lot right of now? I don't have a niche. I do want to niche down to, um, construction and services. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have anywhere from nonprofits, construction, e-commerce, um, jewelry. 
Mm -hmm. so I have quite a few and a few service um, as well. Awesome. So it's a variety of plants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why construction? Is that what your background is in? No, it's not, but okay. it's something that I like personally. Okay. Yeah. I figured you had to enjoy it because yes. you wouldn't want to niche down in something you didn't enjoy. And service-based businesses are generally enjoyable because they're simple and easy. <laughs> right. Um, I do have so, a few that have inventory management, which I don't really love, mm -hmm. but you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, trying to think of like what my listeners would want to ask you I think it's really valuable to hear different perspectives and different types of businesses and how you've gotten it to work. Um, have you found that because you don't have a niche that it's, um, is there a challenge with that or, um, or not really because you're still working just on one software? So I think it's a little bit of a challenge when it comes to day to day, because each mm -hmm. business is different, right? Right. And um, each business owner comes already with their own backgrounds. Like to get some of my older business owners to understand the importance of receipt management and how they have to get me receipts and how they have to turn them in and use text versus giving me, you know, a shoebox full of receipts at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. That has been a struggle for some of my customers. You know, something as simple as that and them getting used to G suites or whatever process, you know, or Slack or whatever, whatever system I have in place, right, in order to communicate and make it easier. Um, that has been a struggle. Also creating processes for each of the businesses because mm -hmm. they're, they're so specific, yeah. right? And I feel like when I bring another contractor in, which I might need to do that soon, um, having them learn the specifics of each business is going to be the hardest part yeah. Um, yeah. for them. But other than that, I think, I think it's great. I like working with different types of business. I learn a lot. Yeah. So it's awesome. It, it, it keeps the variety in there, but yeah, yeah I, I was wondering, cause that would always, that's, that's always been a struggle. Like when I've worked with different types of businesses too, is that it almost seems like every business has unique processes um, so that, that could be kind of difficult, but if you have, I mean, you have a large pool of clients to pull from the next contractor you bring on, you could just give them one type of client, right. To start. So that like, yes, generally true. all the processes would be similar. I could um, do that, but I do have my contractor, um, take care of some clients by himself mm -hmm. but also I have a structure where I know the day-to-day -day of every client and I can give them bits and pieces of each yeah. client for them to do yeah so you know it's because some of them really when I talk to them on my monthly meetings they want to talk to me they don't want to talk to my contractors that mm -hmm. has been very hard to, for them to you know um to let go of and some pieces, when it comes to HR, I'm doing that. I handle all the HR right. and payroll for every and payroll for every client. Okay. And then um, the bookkeeping side and the admin sides, that's where the contractors come in. At least for now, at this stage of my business, it might be different moving forward, but. Right. 
So you mentioned that you might need to hire another contractor. So what are your growth plans? Like, where do you, where do you want to be at the end of, of next year? So I want to have at least another 20 clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like growing too fast because it's too chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> too many things, you know, to worry about, but, um, I think with 20 more clients by the end of next year, um, it's a safe, um, goal and two more contractors. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you think, do you envision yourself as you're growing next year and niching down a little more? Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I can, but yeah, yeah I, I would really, really like that. Yeah. That would probably make the growth a little bit easier because if you're only taking on one or two industries, it might be easier to train those contractors for sure. This has been really awesome um, to, to get to hear about like your growth and to watch you grow too, from the, from the outside um, to see what you're doing. It's been really cool. Um, And I appreciate that you have stayed in my world for so long. (laughs) It's been (laughs) great. It's been awesome. (laughs) Let's say someone who's listening right now is wanting to start their own business and they're like, holy moly, do I actually need 20 clients um, to make a living? Like, what would you say to them? I would say, no, you don't need 20 clients to make a living. I'd say um, start. Don't let all the processes and services and softwares hold you back. Mm -hmm. Um, Start with one or two, you know, and choose from the very beginning who you're going to work with. It's very important to pick and choose your clients, even though you think there's not more clients down the the line. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's very important, at least for me. Um, I would say three to four clients. If, if you have a good relationship with them and their monthly clients, it's a very good start for anyone. Yeah. So you said pick and choose your clients. You think that has been instrumental in you being able to grow the way you've grown? Um, yes, being I usually do. Yes. <laughs> I usually do a meeting or Google uh, meet or whatever it is that they want to use. And I talk to them, you know, and I ask questions and I try to get their vibe and see what they're like. And if I don't think it's going to be a good fit, I don't take them on. Yeah. If I see that from the very beginning, they're worrying about the price, the monthly price, they don't want to give me receipts. They don't want to use the services that I'm providing. Then it's not a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amen. exactly. Have you ever had a client that you brought on and th- then discovered that they weren't willing to like do the receipt thing? Um, um, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just terminated a client um, actually last week mm-hmm. because they weren't giving me receipts um, there. I was doing their AP and a bunch of the bills were late all the time because he wouldn't give me the green light to pay them. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I had collectors call me and it was not a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think it it takes a special person to want to handle AP. And I don't know if you're doing that with lots of other clients, but I have pretty much ceased offering that service because I, I really think that's something that should be handled in-house, um, with someone who's really close to the daily operations of the business or the business owner. Right. So that can be quite a challenge. So (laughs) 
<laughs> I agree. I agree. It's yeah. a very intimate process. Yeah. And it's not a great fit. If, if you'd only want to touch the client once a month, then don't offer AP because <laughs> you're going to exactly. be tied to them weekly. Um, even if you're not paying it weekly, it's like, there's stuff that you just have to stay on top of weekly with that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I implemented profit first half here, half there. Mm-hmm. And I do pay all my clients bills on the 10th and the 25th. That's great. So, yeah. That probably helps a lot. And is that, does that usually align with, um, I actually started doing my profit first allocations on payroll weeks because I was in looking at my bank account, um, transferring money for payroll anyway. So I was like, I may as well just change my allocation day to the, be the same day as payroll. So I actually do it bi-weekly. Do you provide pay- payroll for clients as well? Do you use a third-party system or software? We use Gosto and mm-hmm. QuickBooks both. Okay, awesome. And um, I have, and I use paychecks with one client just because they had it before and they don't want to change. Yeah, yeah. Payroll is one of those things. It's really hard to <laughs> to get people to switch, especially if it's working for them and it's right. Um, what they're used to. So, um, yeah, they have, they have benefits through their 401k, um, even workers comp. So it's hard to get them to switch, but once you see the monthly cost of paychecks versus gusto, it's like, oh my God, you know, $300 versus, I don't know, 80, 90 bucks Mm -hmm. makes a difference. But once you have so many services tied to that payroll company, it's hard to switch. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't think I have any other questions. Thank you so much for coming on here. I know you were a little bit nervous, but you're great. And again, if, if people wanted to connect with you, where is the best place to find you? So Instagram, I think would be the best place at sourcing mm-hmm. in Instagram and then via email and phone number. I'm always available to. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. ambitious.